It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The BYU football program assigned their best class ever, best in italics. We'll explain why it still needs to continue to improve at a very rapid rate as they get ready for the Big 12. We'll also talk about Sione Puha and his addition to the BYU coaching staff. And what is the latest on Jaron Hall and his decision whether to go pro or remain at BYU? All of that on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show, whether you watch it on YouTube, download it wherever you get your podcasts, or consume it however you consume it. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Today's title sponsors are friends over at Sling TV. This episode of Locked On Cougars is brought to you by Sling TV. Do not miss this week's bowl matchups uh, between every team out there when it comes to bowl games on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. A reminder for you guys that we're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. The goal simply stated here is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room, and BYU did all of their work that I'm expecting from the early signing period on Wednesday. 16 players signing national letters of intent to join the BYU football program. 13 of them, if my count is correct, high school athletes, one junior college transfer, and two transfer transfers in from the NCAA transfer portal. And the thing about this is it's actually not a bad class. And what I mean by that is it's a class that actually, if you go by the metrics and what I mean by the metrics, we're looking at uh, the 24 seven composite ratings. Now in terms of what uh, you would expect, and I said in the open, what is the best class in BYU football history? Well, I'm going to allow uh, Jeff Hansen, our good friend over at uh, Cougar Sports Insider, as well as give him help, bring him the podcast. Uh, he mentioned this, and I'm actually scrolling to it. I actually clicked the close button when he sent this out. But he says that with the 14 signees, uh, so he's speaking he's speaking of the junior college and high school signees, says BYU average recruit ranking is 85.25. It was 84.88 a year ago and 84.11 the year before that. He says it still needs to climb up to move up in the Big 12 rankings, but BYU is putting together quality over quantity this year and improving. Now, the biggest thing is is that BYU, when you look at that number, 85.25, you're like, okay, well, where does that land in the in the Big 12? Folks, sadly, it's right near the bottom of the Big 12, if not at the bottom of the 12 teams that are going to be in the Big 12. We're not, uh, well, I guess we're not counting necessarily Texas and Oklahoma, but BYU has ground to make up in the recruiting rankings. Do I ever anticipate a day that BYU is going to be a top 25 recruiting program? No, I, I don't think that is realistic, especially with all of the various, uh, I, mean, I don't want to say the the issues or the holdups or the, 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 I don't know how to exactly describe it the best. It's on the tip of my tongue, but the biggest thing is BYU knows they have an honor code to deal with. They got academic restrictions to make sure guys are up to snuff academically to get into school. And that obviously is going to 
cause some guys to just not be interested in BYU or vice versa. BYU not be interested in them. And that obviously makes BYU's recruiting pool that much more shallow. And they have to be very, very uh, cognizant of who they're going after, how do they fit at BYU, etc. And make sure that they feel like they've got quote-unquote BYU guys that are going to succeed in Provo. And that that's much easier said than done because you can talk all the time about, well, they should go after this guy or they should recruit this type of uh, area. They, they should go break ground in this state. All of that is nice, but the biggest thing for BYU is identifying guys who can be difference makers for them in this new Big 12 era and make sure that they land those guys. Uh, The sad part is there were probably eight, I would say, top-tier LDS athletes, uh, and BYU, by my count, got two of them. That's a 25% success rate. Do I expect BYU, if let's say in any given year, there's eight what we call elite talents in terms of guys who are members of the LDS faith that BYU ostensibly is in on the recruitment recruiting sphere for should BYU be converting on all eight of them that would be like just pie in the sky dream scenario but wouldn't it be nice if BYU could get to 50% maybe even a little north of that maybe get five guys and in a bumper crop year maybe six or seven the thing for BYU is they've got to turn the tide a little bit here. And the biggest thing for them to turn the tide is to have success going into the Big 12. Now, that's similar to what I just said. It's much easier said than done because the Big 12 is going to be just a new bear trap for BYU. Ten Power 5 games next year, the most the BYU will have ever played in its program history. How will they deal with the overall rigors of week-to-week Power 5 action? I'm anticipating BYU to be middle of the pack, maybe gunning for six and six at the best next year. But the biggest thing you can do is at some point, you've got to start getting elite talents and getting them into the program where they can come in and make a difference for you. I think the other thing BYU can do right now in the recruiting sphere is bring in guys. Yeah, okay, you're not necessarily recruiting at an elite level, but BYU's always been about development, especially under Kalani Satake. He understands that he has to have guys that come in, develop their talents, and then end up, it pays off that they're that four or five star type talent maybe a couple years down the road. The bigger thing for that is to make sure those guys get an opportunity to go into the NFL. You raise the profile of BYU. Maybe a, a young man out there sees that athlete and says, okay, that guy went to BYU. He succeeded there. I've got, in my mind, more talent than him. I'm more ready made to do what uh, he did at BYU. Maybe I can go in there and re- I guess reset the record book or go in there and be that difference maker for BYU. That's a big part of what TCU and Utah have done. They have parlayed their success on the football field into bringing in elite talent. And it's not a surprise that they are both in the upper echelon of the sport right now. TCU in the college football playoff. Utah playing in the Rose Bowl. BYU should aspire to get to that level. Will it take a full decade like it has taken for Utah and TCU to get to that level? Maybe so, but I think BYU has had a a little bit of a, I don't know, a, a test case scenario to be able to study with both TCU and Utah making the jump from the G5 ranks to the Power 5, and they can learn from the struggles that Utah and TCU went through. The best part is BYU staff, Jay Hill, Kalani Satake, Aaron Roderick, all of them were at Utah when they went through that transition to the Pac-12. They've already experienced what it it means to go from a G5 level program to being a power five level program and the heavy lifting it requires to get you to the level where you can truly compete. I think that BYU is capable of being a contender in the big 12 in due time, but 
similar to what I just talked about. You, you're seeing the quote-unquote best recruiting class in terms of the overall rating from 24-7 sports this year for BYU, but it is still near the bottom of the Big 12's overall rankings. Now you want to see BYU maybe next year jump up a little bit higher. Maybe they can finish ninth or 10th in the Big 12. And just bit by bit, Continue to work and climb and grind and make sure that you have the opportunity at some point to maybe flip the script on its head and it pays off where you start to bring in elite talents in terms of LDS athletes and beyond. That's the thing about this. BYU is not limited to just recruiting simply LDS athletes, despite what some Twitter trolls might put out there on social media. BYU is capable of going out and finding guys who are not interested in the typical college lifestyle. They want to be more buckled down when it comes to their sport and focus on playing football. And a lot of that stuff can uh, that can distract a guy in college. You don't find a lot of it at BYU. Now, you can find it if you want it at BYU, but it's just not there in heavy doses and right up in your face. That's something BYU can highlight, I think, for guys that are of a Christian background uh, that are in the Big 12 footprint. BYU is going into new recruiting ground, my friends. That's, that's the thing about this. They're going into the Midwest. They're truly going to have an, a foothold in the South with UCF down there, Houston and Texas. You're going to be on the East Coast with West Virginia. That you, You've got opportunities to go recruit a new territory that you haven't heavily recruited in your in your past. BYU typically has recruited from the Rocky Mountains West. That means the Intermountain West region, the West Coast, out into Hawaii, and that's kind of been the base for BYU in terms of their recruiting success over the past 50-plus years. Now you have an opportunity to expand that and make it more national, and that's going to be, I think, an important thing for BYU to take advantage of. So I'm pleased with BYU's overall class. I think there are two key difference makers in terms of the uh, uh, transfers into the program, both Aiden Robbins as well as Isaiah uh, Bagnor, Bagnor uh, coming into the program. I think both of them can be instant impact guys. And the hope is that they have that impact and they can uh, show other guys in the transfer portal that, hey, BYU is a place that you can go and succeed at whatever position you're playing. In, in the case of Robbins playing running back, in the case of Bagnar, he's taken over at defensive end slash outside linebacker. Uh, just pass rush is essentially what he's going to be. He's going to be an edge player. So, I think that BYU's recruiting class this year, it's good, but it needs to go up significantly for BYU truly to live its best life when it comes to being in the Big 12 Conference. Like I said, this is all much easier said than done because it requires heavy lifting, convincing guys to go out and take a leap of faith in joining BYU in certain circumstances. But the biggest thing is I've got faith that Jay Hill, Kelly Papinga, and we're going to talk about this next guy, Siona Puha, on the defensive side of the football can help raise BYU's fortunes on the recruiting trail because all three of those guys have proven that they can get it done on the recruiting trail. BYU's previous defensive staff got a little lackadaisical in how they went about recruiting. That's changed with this new staff incoming, and we'll talk about what Sione Puha in particular brings to the BYU football program here momentarily. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. It is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. My friends, you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the college bowl season, basketball, and probably even tiddlywinks if you're looking for it. They've got it all at Bet Online. and if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on Bet Online as well. They are the fastest and the easiest way to get your sports Sports betting information. So head over to the website today to use your mobile device to learn more now. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months 
or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for joining us here on Locked On Cougars. Make sure you guys check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It covers the biggest stories in the sports world in 22 minutes or less. It's got instant reactions, game recaps, and of course, the world-famous Locked On's take of the day. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, a number of you saw the news, and if you didn't, I think you've been living under a rock, that former University of Utah star, NFL, eight-year NFL veteran, and uh, most recently, uh, an assistant coach at Utah, as well as one year spent at Navy as an assistant coach, Sione Puha, is coming to BYU as a defensive assistant coach. They have not revealed what position he will be coaching. I am guessing he's going to be on the defensive line, whether it's defensive tackles or as defensive line coach. That'll be his title, because let's just put it this way. This guy played at an All-American level at defensive tackle for Utah. He played defensive tackle in the NFL for eight years, made a bundle of money uh, when, when it came to his career in the NFL. And now he is coming to BYU ostensibly to help lift the fortunes of the Cougars. He spent the previous four seasons, he re- uh, resigned his position at the University of Utah actually just earlier this year, shortly after the Rose Bowl. He stepped down from his p- position as defensive tackles coach for the Utes. But he comes to BYU, and the hope is that he can car- parlay some of the success he had over the three years he was at Utah, as well as just his lone season at Navy under Ken Niamatololo, into helping the BYU football program. Uh, the one one thing I can tell you about Sione is he, got, he is a guy that connects with this generation's recruits because he has two sons who are of a recruitable age. He's got one of his sons is currently on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. His other son uh, most recently received a preferred walk-on offer from his alma mater, speaking of Sione's alma mater, the University of Utah. He knows what the recruiting process is like because his sons are going through it or have gone through it in the recent past. He's also a guy who has worked throughout his time in football with youth. Uh, he's been a, a leader in the community. There, there, there's not a bad thing that I've ever talked to anybody about to say about Sione Pua. That's the thing about this. Is this is a guy who I think is going to fit right into BYU and I think that he is going to help resuscitate hopefully better defensive line play for BYU. Many of you uh, will recall the defensive line play over the past two to three seasons has left a lot to be desired. The rush three, drop eight scheme, at times bringing four and five guys. It's just not been good enough. If, Downright, it's just not been good enough for BYU's defensive line. That's where I believe that Sione Puha can make a difference because he can come in immediately and say, okay, guys, I've been where you're at, speaking to BYU's defensive tackles or nose tackles in particular, and say, I've played this position. Learn from me. I'm going to give you some tips to tics, uh, tips and tricks to the trade, and hopefully we can reverse the fortunes of what this program has been going through, speaking of BYU recently along the defensive front. I also think that guys at like Kelly Papinga are probably going to be uh, either an outside linebacker's coach slash edges coach, or maybe even just, uh, he's a rush ends coach. He's just the defensive ends coach. I don't know what the titles are going to be, but I think those two will be working in tandem. And Jan Jorgensen probably remains on staff as the analyst to help uh, the defensive line, which has actually been a very, very good thing. Uh, you can't tell me that the improvement in BYU's defensive line play in that bowl game against SMU 
there was work done. And Jan Jorgensen and Vince Fayula, both of them uh, graduate assistant slash analysts for the BYU football program, they were the guys coaching up the defensive line in that game. They 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 showed something. So there is hope that BYU can generate pressure on the quarterback with guys that are currently on the roster. Now, will all of those guys still be on the roster come spring ball? No, I don't think so. I think there's still going to be turnover. There's going to be hard conversations had with guys saying that, hey, uh, we love you, but we need you to move on. Or guys will decide, you know what, this 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 system does not work for me. I'm going to go find uh, another place for myself to land. That, that, that There's going to be some of that defection happening over the next month plus, I guess a couple of months, until spring ball really begins. But what I love about Sione Puha is he's a guy who's been there. He can point to the fact that he played eight years in the NFL. He was an All-American in the University of Utah. He can point to the fact that he has coached up some of the better defensive linemen of the recent memory for the University of Utah. Not everything out there exists in a, in a vacuum. He is a guy that I'm sure many of these athletes at BYU probably saw the play of Utah's defensive line and said, man, that's a pretty good defensive line. This is a guy who was part of that. So I like what Sione brings to BYU. On the recruiting trail, I think he's got a, a, just a, a, an ability to connect with people. That's the thing. Like I said, his two sons have gone through the recruiting process. So he knows what pitches uh, probably work with certain people because he's heard them used on his own family. And this is a guy, like I said, that just fits in because Jay Hill was a guy that was there at Utah when he was there playing. Uh, Jay Hill obviously knows him. Uh, Kalani Sitake knows him from their p- both playing days as well as coaching around one another. The University of Utah and the Kyle Whittingham coaching tree, which branches off of the Lavelle Edwards coaching tree, it's been very fruitful. And the good news is BYU scooping up a lot of those talents right now. You've got a guy like Jay Hill coming in. You have Sione Puha. I think Kelly Papinga coming back to BYU is an absolute home run. Now, that final defensive assistant coach, you have Gennaro Guilford still on staff. That final one, a number of you, I mentioned the fact that it wasn't hard to find the names out there when it came to guys being hired. I was referencing Sione Puha as well as one other person. I'll just tell you this much. That coach that I'm expecting to take that final assistant uh, coaching position, he's currently an assistant coach at San Diego State with that has BYU ties. Very strong BYU ties, might I add. Just go look up the San Diego State coaching staff, and I, I don't think it'll take you more than 10 seconds to realize who I'm talking about. And I'm assuming that will be announced shortly after San Diego State completes play in the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. Will BYU be making a higher announcement on Christmas Day? I would hope not because I don't necessarily uh, feel like I need to be breaking that down on Christmas Day. But even if they do, we'll have it covered for you right here on Locked On Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a minute, let's talk about the big, gigantic elephant in the room. What in the world is going on with Jaron Hall? And how long should BYU realistically wait for him to make his decision whether he's going pro or he's staying put as the starting quarterback for the BYU football program? We'll get to all of that here momentarily. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at UCCU. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, my friends, but interest rates and inflation are both on the rise as if all of us hadn't noticed that. Well, here's the good news. UCCU can help you use this current rate in rise in rates to your advantage. For a limited time, UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. The best part of a savings certificate is you make you one deposit, then let your money grow and grow and grow with a fixed rate of return that's much higher than your standard savings account. That's the best part about it. The best part is you can start this for as low as $500, making it an awesome opportunity for every type of saver, both big or small. And the best part is UCC will allow you to jump up once your interest rate during that 15-month period of the savings certificate they're offering you guys. That way, if yields continue to increase, you have the option to 
jump up to the higher yield that makes it a great savings tool in this rising interest rate environment, my friends. Don't want, do not wait to take advantage of this. The best part is UCCU can make this really easy on you guys. Stop into any branch, call them, or go online to uccu.com to get started. But remember, it's only here for a limited time. So get on it. Don't waste any time. Don't delay. And get into UCCU today and check that out. Once again, it's a 15-month savings certificate with a one-time rate jump uh, during that 15 months. The best part is if the 15 months and the 4.00% APY aren't necessarily what you're looking for, they've got a variety of term options that match your specific needs, and they'd be happy to take it to your liking. Once again, visit uccu.com to learn more, get a savings certificate started today. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. And always appreciate you guys joining the show, uh, where, however you consume it. YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you like the show, uh, enable notifications on YouTube. Leave a comment, rating, review on whichever podcast provider out there, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Your guys' support is absolutely critical to our success in this venture. But let's talk about the gigantic elephant in the room right now, my friends. We're all waiting with bated breath on what Jaron Hall is ultimately going to decide to do. And I I don't want to come off as being harsh, but what in the world are you waiting for? Jaron, make your call. Whether you're going, whether you're staying, BYU needs to know. And I know Kalani Satake is trying to strike a, a great tone. He says, for me, it's exciting because he's not decided that yet that he's leaving. He said this to KSL Sports, my good friend Mitch Harper over there at kslsports.com. He adds, so that just means there's a chance of he's coming back. I just think that if he needs time, then that's great. I don't want to put him on a deadline because if there's a chance that he would come back, then that's the guy we want. Sure, you want Jaron Hall back because he is a difference maker at quarterback when ostensibly make BYU fortunes in their first year in the Big 12 that much better. But the transfer portal has been chock full of quarterbacks and BYU, I've been talking about this, I've been crowing about it. They need to get into the transfer portal and evaluate and find guys who are interested in BYU. We already knew about Drew Pine and Keaton Slovis making visits to BYU. Pine decided to opt uh, to commit to ASU, so he's off the table. But Keaton Slovis is still on the table. But for how much longer is he... Maybe willing. I don't know if Keaton Slovis necessarily is like BYU is where I want to go, but I need to know where, what Jaron Hall is doing. I, I do know this, having talked with somebody who's far more in the know on what's going on with the transfer portal saga, is that there are quarterbacks out there in the portal that BYU has made contact with, evaluated, that are waiting to see what Jaron Hall does before they ultimately uh, move forward, essentially, in their conversations with the BYU football program. Jaron Hall is a difference maker at quarterback. He would be a phenomenal, phenomenal guy to have leading BYU into the Big 12 era. NIL, name, image, and likeness could obviously help uh, bridge the gap for him in his final season of playing college football if that's what he opts to do in 2023. But he's also got to weigh the fact that getting to the NFL and not having to focus on school in addition to his family and football, you can essentially uh, pair out the school part of things and make football your full-time job. That That's the lore of the NFL. Not 
to mention, if you end up, let's say he's a third or a fourth round draft pick, that's guaranteed money. And I highly doubt any NIL or collective out there, BYU affiliated or not, can match the amount of money that the, that the NFL can offer with a guaranteed contract over a number of years. So I want Jaron Hall to make a decision and make it sooner rather than later. Because if you wait too long, you're going to hamstring BYU and you'll hamstring them even further if the decision is to leave BYU and you essentially leave them high and dry. Now, Aaron Roderick uh, praised what uh, Ryder Burton is capable of doing in his uh press conference with Kalani Satake and Jay Hill when it came to recruiting, but Ryder Burton is not a guy who's going to walk in next year and be QB1 in BYU's first year of the Big 12 era. They need a transfer portal quarterback or two, or a junior college guy potentially to come in and compete for the job. But any one of those guys, whether it's Keaton Slovis or insert any one of tens of others guys that are in the transfer portal right now, not very many of them are going to be willing to come to BYU and say, you know what, I'm going to commit, even though I don't know what your guys' established starting quarterback is doing with his future. It's hurting BYU's opportunity, whether it's uh, to move forward, knowing that Jaron Hall is your guy, you can make plans with that, and also moving forward with plans to, to, get, to get out in the transfer portal even more so than you already have and find a, a possible difference maker in the portal. You can't really truthfully, uh, not truly, uh, truthfully, truly move forward here without knowing what he is going to do. I would hope that BYU's coaches have at least an inkling or have asked Jared, okay, what are you thinking today? I would hope that they at least have an idea what he's thinking. And obviously NIL could be very much in play here because there are very strong rumors that there is going to be a collective coming, an announcement coming from BYU at some point, whether it's today, Thursday, or it's on into the next month or two before it's announced. There are things going on behind the scenes with BYU when it comes to NIL and collective type stuff that BYU will have something like that in place. And that could obviously be a part of the conversation here. But the longer this drags on, the less it's going to reflect uh, well on anybody involved. I mean, that's Jaron Hall, the BYU coaching staff, the, the fans are not going to take kindly to having a quarterback essentially hold the BYU football program hostage. And I don't think Jaron is meaning to hold the program hostage. I think he is truthfully trying to find the best solution for him as an athlete. But like I said, the longer this continues, the more it's holding up BYU's opportunity to really know what they're doing, have a concrete plan, a, a, a plan of action, and execute it and move forward. Make the decision, Jaron. That is my plea to you today. Make that decision and let BYU fans, coaches, administrators, whoever you feel like you need to let know. He's told the media we're going to be the last to know, but so be it. I, I, I don't mind. I just... I just want to see him make a decision and stick to it. Uh, the other thing about this, like I said, it, it, the longer this drags on, and if he do, if he did decide that, he, let's say he drags on, and he does decide to leave for the NFL, that would really, really hamper BYU. And the, la- the longer it drags on, if he's going to continue to kind of waffle back and forth, if that's truthfully what he's doing, if he's waffling, BYU better hope that he comes back at that point. Because... Like I said, the portal, there are guys in there who I believe would have interest in BYU if they knew that that starting quarterback position was open, but they're not going to wait forever. They've got other programs knocking on their door, hitting up their phones, uh, giving them all kinds of overtures about why they should pick X, Y, and Z uh, for the, to come over to their program and play there. 
it's an attractive spot for a potential transfer quarterback to come in because think of the success that BYU's had with the recent quarterback history. You have the number two overall pick in, in Zach Wilson. I am of the belief and what I understand that Jaron Hall is currently projected as a mid-round draft pick. Uh, uh, Chris Trapasso, guy from CBS Sports, I actually threw a tweet at him. This goes back three or four weeks and said, hey, what's the ceiling for Jaron Hall? He said second or third round. Like, if Jaron can truthfully get that type of a draft position, and uh, maybe he's still waiting on some feedback on that, but if he can get to that level, make the jump. Go make it your profession. It's what you've aspired to do your entire life. But I just go back to this my, my, my original point. The longer this drags on, the less anybody involved is going to be, I think, pleased with the outcome, unless it truthfully is that Jaron Hall is trying to just secure something NIL-wise, and he's going to be back to lead BYU into the Big 12. If he drags this on and ultimately leaves BYU high and dry by declaring for the NFL draft in a late moment, because he doesn't have to make the decision. I think the the official declaration deadline, it's January 16th. So he can wait until January 16th, ostensibly, to decide where he's going, what he's going to do. Uh, He could declare for the NFL draft that late. Well, you know, and NCAA transfer portal, that window closes January 18th. That, that, they can't drag on that long. I would hope that maybe Christmas Day, Jaron Hall says, hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. This is what I'm doing. Whether it's going pro, coming back to BYU, just get it out there, make the decision, and allow BYU and yourself to move forward with whatever is going to happen next. All right. I'll step off my soapbox. We'll wrap up today's show there. A big thank you for all of you for joining us. Uh, typically on Thursday, this is what we technically call the Thursday edition of the show. I usually have our mailbag edition of the podcast. We're actually going to finish out this week with the mailbag. So if you have questions, a number of you have already sent them in via social media. You can do so via email as well. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. If you've got questions, whether it's regarding guys in the in the transfer portal, uh, part of the recruiting uh, class that BYU has signed, whatever you got for us. Send them in now at Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love nothing more than to hear from you there, and we'll address as many of the questions as we can on our Friday edition of the podcast and get you ready for Christmas. It's crazy to think it's almost here, my friends, but at the same time, it truly is the most wonderful time of the year. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen. Our friends over the Locked On Big 12 podcast, Josh Neighbors does a great job making sure you guys are up to speed on everything going on in the Big 12. He's got a big signing day recap. Uh, yours truly, Mary may not be making an appearance on Locked On Big 12 this week to recap the BYU football season. So stay tuned to all of that. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcast, also on YouTube. And until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.